What is it with this thing, man? My name is Darian. I am back. I realize I sound weird, and it's because I'm the only one in the room, you motherfuckers. That's right. It's another solo show. I'm sorry. You know what, man? It's just me. <laughs> it's just little old me again. Um, it, I don't know, dude. This could be just the way that it is from now on, and I have come to understand that that is a quite possible thing, and that is okay, because... I can't stop doing this show. I can't. I can't. I try. I've tried repeatedly. Uh, I've tried to get people to cancel me. They won't do it. I've tried to get, uh, you know, other uh, reasons and excuses to come up, and so that I don't have to. I can't. I can't. Not, even if I did, if, even if I came in here, even if I stopped recording, I would still find a reason to talk about horror movies for a minimum of two hours a week to anybody that would listen. And unfortunately, that happens to be you people. I'm on my own this week, guys and girls, if you haven't already noticed. Uh, no Buddy, no Monica. Buddy, I think, is uh, Memphis, Tennessee, or something like that. I don't know. I, he's uh, posting pictures of an airplane and going places. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, Monica, her mother, just had eyeball surgery. So that's kind of fucking groovy, I guess. Hopefully it works out nice for her. And uh, she can see out of both eyeballs. Hopefully, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. She might lose both eyeballs, or she might get one eyeball. If you had to pick between your right eyeball and your left eyeball, which one would you pick? Does it even matter? I don't think it matters. You're gonna you're gonna have depth perception issues either way. But depending on which side you want to wear the eye patch, you know, maybe your left eye dominant, right eye. Maybe it's your right side is your good side. You want to accentuate that, so put the eye patch on the left side. I don't fucking know, man. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what you're dealing with here in the padded room. It's just me. I've uh, I've got a I've got a horror show to get you through. I've got to walk you through some horror news. Some listener mail, a couple of movies, motherfuckers, fucking Shrieker Island, Tremor. Though I'm talking about immersion therapy. Buddy picks the fucking bullshit. Tremors, another Tremors Part Seven, and then he doesn't show up to. to, to did you think he even watched Tremors, Shrieker Island? Probably not. Probably not. I don't care. You know what? I don't even care anymore. I don't even care. It's just me and you, kids. I'm sorry. I know that you were hoping for Buddy and Monica, but you're stuck with me, 
If you haven't already uh, deleted this episode or unsubscribed altogether, thank you very much. I'm glad uh, you stuck it out with me. So, there it is. Um, Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get into the regular shit show, shall we? We got uh, some, some some movies to talk about, some other shit to get into. Let's do it, man. I'm not drunk. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Darian's drunk again. I'm not drunk. I had a shot right before the show, and no, I'm not drunk. I'm just... I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't care. Uh, it's windy as shit outside, and if anybody gives a shit about Reno, Nevada, there's like three fires going on right now, and they're ripping through the whole city. Uh, I don't know where they came from, but hopefully hopefully by the time the show's over, we can... Uh, Get those put out or under control or something like that. I don't know. All right, let's do a little horror news here, you maniacs. Horror news. Horror news time, ladies and gentlemen. Dude. Have you seen a movie called Castle Freak? I know you have, if you're listening to this show, starring uh, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton. It's technically a H.P. Lovecraft adaptation by Stuart Gordon. I believe it was made in 1988. I think we might have covered it on the show uh, at some point. Um, it has recently been, I'm going to use the word reimagined, because I feel like... Um, I saw the tra- trailers are up, is what I'm telling you. And Barbara Crampton produced. Um, it was made by Fangoria TV. I know there's a lot of heat around them right now for, um, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know why there's a lot of heat around them. But um, I got to tell you, man, I was not a huge fan of the original Castle Freak. And the reason why is because, it f- first of all, it's a full moon. It's a full moon uh, movie, which means it's... Right off the bat, production value is not going to be there. Um, but it's it's got Barbara. It's got the team behind uh, the Reanimator in it and around it. So you're expecting certain things from it. You're expecting like some, um, you know, a light dusting of humor, maybe unintentional. You're expecting some definite boobies. I mean, Barbara Crampton's right there. Why not? Why not get her shirt off? Uh, you don't get any of that. What you get is more of a, um, I guess, a serious attempt at a Lovecraft adaptation. But the thing is, it was adapted from one of Lovecraft's stories called The Outsider. And it was basically about a guy that was walled up in a castle his whole life. He finally gets out and he realizes slowly that he is actually hideous. That has nothing to do with the movie at all. So, I mean... Lovecraft's work was obviously devoid of humor and uh, had, uh, you know, a scoop or two of racism in it, which I know and I understand. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to comment on that. Um, But if you're going to stay true to the work, then, I mean, you, you can't get any farther away from it than you can with Castle Freak calling it an adaptation of The Outsider. From what I saw of the trailer, it doesn't look any closer to The Outsider, but it does look like a much better movie. Uh, but, 
tell you right now, there is some sexy situations, at least from what I saw in the trailer. Um, looked to me like some kind of a party situation, dude. Looked like, uh, you know, kids going to a castle, somebody inherited it, now they're going to have a big party. Get killed off by the Castle Freak. I love it. It's definitely worth checking out. The trailers are up on YouTube right now. Uh, coming to VOD in December. So look forward to that. Also, posters are out for American Horror Story Season 10 and American Horror Stories. So that's what we're doing. I got to get caught up on this shit, dude. I haven't watched a season of American Horror Story since Cult. And that was about four years ago. Now, I got to watch Apocalypse, and then I got to figure out 1984. I don't know, man. Um, American Horror Stories is going to be like a half hour. It's going to be like a spinoff. Half hour to an hour each. It's going to be an anthology, but not a season long. Each episode is going to be its own story. I'm kind of into that. I don't know what they're doing with the cast. But it's something to think about. Now, the... uh, Poster for American Horror Story Season 10 is kind of vague. Basically, it says it's somebody sticking their tongue out and they have an AHS tattoo on their tongue. And that's all. That's all we get to see. Now, you'll remember previous reports stated that it was going to have some kind of a beach theme. And there was like cliffs in the, uh, the, you know, the teaser art. But that was all pre-COVID and we don't know what happened since then. So that's all well and good. Lynn Ramsey has signed on to direct Stephen King's The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Um, I actually read the book. It's supposed to be a children's book. Um, it's basically this little girl who has a huge heart on for Tom Gordon, who I... Bl- <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I don't have COVID, I promise. But... Um, Tom Gordon was a player for the Boston Red Sox, and that's the whole infatuation there. And she's a huge Red Sox fan. She loves Tom Gordon. She gets lost in the woods, and some shit goes down from there. I'm not going to... It doesn't go full Stephen King, like with the kid rape and the, you know, people getting sawed in half and stuff like that. But, you know, it's supposed to be a kid's book. So bear that in mind. I don't know if this is going to be like a, a family movie or not. Probably, I don't know. I don't know which way they're going with it. And to be honest with you, I'm not all that excited about it. Not a huge fan of Lynn Ramsey, number one. Number two, you could find, you could definitely do better in the Stephen King department as far as adaptations go. I'm just going to put that out there. Dead by Daylight news, uh, if any of you guys are still playing, uh, they have just added a new skin for Leatherface. It's the old lady skin. Remember that shit? <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, yeah, dude. It's uh, from, what is that? Uh, the Next gen- No, not The Next Generation. That was when he went full cross-dresser. I think it was from uh, the third one. What is that? Um, uh, Leatherface. That's, that was the name of the movie. It's Leatherface. <laughs> Which has zero to do with anything in the rest of the franchise, although it did have Viggo Mortensen and Ken Foray in it. Pretty wacky. Um, you could find, you could definitely find a better skin for Leatherface. Uh, Mortal Kombat chose the Thomas Hewitt skin, the Pretty Lady skin from the Next Generation, and uh, the original, you know, Bubba Sawyer Leatherface skin. I think you could do better. I mean, Dead by Daylight from now at this point hasn't had a lot of uh, options as far as 
customizing the horror movie characters. You can't touch Freddy Krueger. There's absolutely nothing you can do with him in the game. Um, Ghostface, he has a bunch of different outfits. You can swap them out and, you know, he's got a different knife you can pull out there. It's all kinds of fun stuff. This is the first one they've done for Leatherface. Up till now, it's only been uh, the original 1973 Leatherface, which is pretty cool. Um, what else you got? You got Jigsaw. I don't think she has anything. You have to play as Shawnee Smith's character, by the way. Um, what else you got? Pyramid Head. He's got a few different options. Um, who else is in that? Uh, Michael Myers. He's pretty much untouchable. Um Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, Michael Myers, Jigsaw, Ghostface. I think that's about it. Uh, uh, Pyramid Head. That's about it. Uh, Really, in my opinion, the killers that they produce, the clown, the hag, um, you know, the hillbilly, the trapper, there's a hundred of them. Uh, The the death slinger, who's a bad motherfucker. I don't want to bog you down with video game news, but... I'm just telling you, like, some of those guys should have their own movie, I feel like. I'm not going to get into that shit. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Remember these guys? Probably not. Uh, They probably did the soundtrack to your junior high. (laughs) The two years, two or three years you spent in junior high. Uh, They just released a Halloween-themed music video called Witch. I didn't listen to it. I didn't watch it. I'm not a huge Smashing Pumpkins guy. I've never... Be honest with you, I don't. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't like Smashing Pumpkins. Something about Billy Corgan's voice. He strikes me as a whiny kind of a. All right, don't cry. <laughs> Do you need a hug or something? Come on. Uh, anyway, uh, they put out a, a music video. Uh, Halloween themed. It's called Witch. If you're interested in that, if you're a Smashing Pumpkins fan or just feeling nostalgic, by all means, find it on YouTube or Bloody Disgusting. Peter Stormare. That name ring any bells? It should. He is um, a creepy kind of a dude. And you'll recognize him from American Gods. Uh, Oh, what is that video game? Until Dawn. He played the psychotherapist. That's a, that's a, I should do an episode just on Until Dawn, because that is a motherfucker of a game. It's, it's a, it's like a slasher movie in the form of a video game, but you pick, you know, how the storyline goes. It stars Hayden Penitary and some other people. Peter Stormare in that one also. He is hinting at a possible Constantine sequel. You'll remember he played uh, the devil in uh, Keanu Reeves Constantine he's talking about a sequel and Keanu Reeves is also talking about it nothing concrete yet from what I've read but I'm into it man I'm into that I like that movie um, had Rachel Weiss in it who is at the tip top of my celebrity sex list if anybody gives a shit uh, I'm just I don't know I don't know what she looks like I don't has she been in any movies recently I haven't seen her in a while but Circa uh, 95 to like 2002. God damn, son. Woo! All right. That's all I got on the horror news. Um, how about some listener mail, you maniacs? Does that sound good? You want to do that? You want to you hear? I, I want to hear what you have to say. Probably talking a bunch of shit because I'm here on my own again. It's fine. I don't care.
Listener mail. Hey, ho, let's go. Okay, let's start it off right here in Reno, Nevada with the cowboy. Subject line, dead by daylight and stuff. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it safely tonight. Wrong and wrong. It's just me again. If Monica made it, hopefully the wind wasn't too bad through the valley. It's been brutal for my work day today, and if Buddy happens to be stuck at the bus stop again, try switching it up to Reese's Pieces. Ooh, I love me some Reese's Pieces, cowboy. I don't know. I don't know. Have you tried the? Um, it's not. It's not the. Re- it's, it's like a. Uh, it's like a candy bar, but they put Reese's Pieces in it and they cover it with. It, oh, what the fuck is that called? It's a Reese's thing. I remember that. Um. I want to say uh, I don't I don't even know, but it's too much, dude. It'll give you diabetes. And yes, Darian, I'm a fan of your solo shows. I've checked out a few of your insomnia shows and do enjoy them. I'll be downloading all of them eventually. Well, thank you very much, cowboy. I'm glad you enjoy those. From last week's show, I added a picture below the proper order to watch the Conjuring film group. I do think that was the plan of the babysitter, which probably did mess me up a bit, as I do put on hostile and similar brutal movies as bedtime sounds. I have to say one movie you've covered before that I have yet to watch would be a Serbian film. I do plan on watching it when I get a chance and find it available. Well, cowboy, I just so happen to have a DVD copy sitting right over here on my shelf. Feel free to check it out of the padded room vault anytime you like. Uh, be advised, though, man. <laughs> it is a um, it's a rough one. There are some sexual situations. <laughs> if anybody, anybody knows anybody's seen it out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not just one. There are multiple bizarro sex scenes that will make you almost not beat off. I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna put that out there. I finally caught The Midnight Man. Great show, and I'd be down to play the game, especially in a big creepy house. Looking back on my notes and educate segment, I probably wouldn't have figured that one out with the clues you gave, even after watching the movie and looking for those clues. I also caught Scare Package and Scare Campaign. Scare Package was rather silly, but still enjoyable. The best part would be Joe Bob Briggs' part of the movie. Scare Campaign I also enjoyed for the brutal kills and the fact that I didn't have... The twist fully figured out until the end, though I'll probably rewatch out and see if they slip up in any way. Still a good show in my opinion. Immersion Therapy. Tremors, Shrieker Island, personally I loved it. All the movies are pretty silly, but a franchise I've always enjoyed and can watch many times over. Well, dude, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about the goddamn Tremors movies, man. I feel like... You have you can watch them. They're not. I mean, they are bad. They're they're pretty. They're logically they're pretty bad. And like from a critical point of view, those first one is pretty bad, and it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> but you can still watch them and enjoy them. Um, I I I don't know, man. It's like okay, you take the first one. You have the graboids, right? The big sandworms, and they're in the, underneath the Nevada desert, and they're popping up underneath the general store. And you got Kevin Bacon and uh, what's his name, Fred, uh, the other guy there, and they're they're pole vaulting and stuff. There's there's like an element of of you know scary business going on. They find the dead guy up on the uh, 
uh, telephone pole. What the fuck happened to him? We don't know. We're in horror land. You know what I'm saying? We're still trying to frighten you. You get into the ass blasters. You get into the fucking uh, reproducing, and then now they're in the uh, the Serengeti, and then they're up in the Arctic, and then down in Vegas. Okay, all right. It's the same thing with um, Child's Play. You know what I mean? Started off with a killer doll. Okay, cool. Voodoo elements, uh, serial killer elements. Very cool. Like that. Uh, we know it's killer doll, but we don't actually get to see the goddamn thing actually kill anybody till the end. And then the kid, little kid has to fight it off. Very cool. I'm into it. I love that. Second, second film. Okay, now the doll's making a bunch of wisecracks. Uh, still killing people, sure. But, you know, third film. All right, now you're just watching it to see what the fucking wisecracking doll is going to say next and by the way we've officially checked out of the horror element because we have him beating a teacher to death with a ruler a ruler a uh, 12 inch piece of nylon fiber wood or whatever that shit is made of that uh snaps if you fart on it and he's going to beat a teacher all right I'm going off on a tangent. I apologize. But it's the same thing with the Tremors franchise, dude. You know what I'm saying? Starts off in Horrorland, and it just gets dumber and dumber and dumber. And if you know what? If you're into it and you are, you have jumped on the Tremors train, then God bless you. I'm glad you enjoy them. I can't get into it, man, at a certain point. Um, but, but, but I do with the trailer uh, immersion therapy. with the, I do agree with Monica about Trailer Park of Terror being a great B-movie, and the effects were excellent. Now, with listening back, yes, I've started working through the first 100 and I'm enjoying them, but a few things that would be a great would be great to possibly hear again. On the tagline game, and two I would love to hear, Big Joe, <laughs> Big Joe Davy Joyce. Oh, no. Make a return spot. I can't, man. He's too unpredictable. Another thing I might have to try to work on would be a new Padded Room Sexy Remix complete with Buddy Smut, Monica, and geriatric porn and Darian saying how spankable it all is. Big Joe Davy Joyce. God damn, man. I forgot all about that guy. Um, for those of you that weren't with us in the early days and have heeded my advice and not listened to the old show, um, me and Dr. Dale and Multiple Mics, my first co-host in the Padded Room, did a a spot where <laughs> I don't I don't even know if I can explain this, but thanks for bringing it up, cowboy. I'm going to do my best though. Um, so we have these Irish traveler families. I don't know if you're aware of these, but um, they're basically pikies, and periodically they challenge. There's like five of them. They challenge each other to bare knuckle brawls, and they put giant cash pots on the line. Right now, it seems. Easy enough, simple enough, right? It's like a like a blood sport kind of a thing. But the the challenging process is very intricate because you can't just say, "Hey, I want to fight that guy." I'll put uh, fifteen thousand dollars on the line. You have to make a YouTube video telling him what a punk ass he is, and you got to in the video. It's got to show you smoking cigarettes and doing bicep curls and things like that, and. It ta- because these guys are hammered all the time, it takes five or six or eight, 12 takes for them to get it right. So basically, I took a clip of one of these dudes, Big Joe Davy Joyce, and he's cussing out the guy 
that he wants to fight. And we basically made a segment out of it like he was going to review a movie, but instead it's just this drunken Irishman cussing at a at a video camera. I should I should do that again. <laughs> Oh my God, Cowboy with the Big Joe Davy Joyce. I forgot all about that. Darian, I did finally get Dead by Daylight and got a few matches in. Awesome game. And if you're down to run together, hit me up. My PSN tag is AFT0428. I will do that, sir, as, as soon as I'm done here. I still need to work on my killer skills, but have, haven't been doing too bad as a survivor. Hope everyone has a great week and stays safe with the various weather. Catch you on the flip, Cowboy. All right, so he's got a uh, like a like a timeline here for the Conjuring universe. Uh, I need someone who's going to be able to sit through this with me in the correct order, or how they're supposed to be watched. So it goes: the Nun, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle, The Conjuring, La Llorona. I completely forgot all about that one. Annabelle comes home, and then The Conjuring Two. Um, I have not seen The Curse of La Llorona. And I've made it about halfway through Annabelle Comes Home. But I will definitely watch those, perhaps in the correct order. All right, we've got some voicemails here, kiddos. Uh, Let's see what's going on on the voicemail. The voicemail sex line, as I like to call it. The mental health hotline to you people. Let's start it off in beautiful Southern California with our main man, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey-o! Hey-o, padded room. How's my favorite degenerate this week? It's just me. Hey, it was good having everybody back last week. Yeah, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Surprise, so now that I've said <laughs> that, I'm sure uh, nobody's going to be there this week. You're exactly right, uh, sir. Anyway, I wanted to uh, get in real quick, uh, you know, a couple of things. You know, of course, thanks to Darian there, getting a... Uh, a French and a Romanian accent done on the same show. You like and, that? And again, spot on. Hey, I mean, thank you very much. That's how it's done. I mean, you could be a dialogue <laughs> coach. Uh, also, on the uh, educating department, I don't know. I, I know the slick. You I, do. I know the slick. You do I know can't, it. I can't get it. I know I'm just oh, come on. myself in the ass once I hear it. Come on, Tom but, Oh, and speaking of Miss Monica there... Hmm. Uh, she had talked about uh, doing this experiment where she was going to, you know, put something in her mouth and go uh-huh. underwater and Correct. see if she could uh, then retain it. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a scientist myself, okay. you know, so I just want you to know that, uh, you know, I'm willing to assist on this. I'm Absolutely. willing to do my part to help the uh, padded room, the whole of padded course. room network as a whole, you know. To, Absolutely. To assist in this uh, scientific experiment. You're uh, qualified. I just wanted to be sure I would put that out there that okay. I was available. Hey, on the um, what are you looking at department? Mm. Um, I got to catch uh, Army of Darkness, and it's been a long time since I've seen that flick. Classic. Man, it's a good flick. And, Absolutely. Um, I you know I caught the uh, alternate ending, which you know I had seen before. Yeah, but uh, it's one of the things that's um, I don't know if we should spoil it, give it away, or anything. For it's it's probably on the internet if it anybody is. wants to see yeah. it. But uh, it's one of those things that it's like very. I don't know how to put this, but uh, nobody talks about it. It's a very uh, interesting kind of concept. That, you know how how yeah. the um, you know Ash versus the Evil Dead might have gone yeah. if they had gone with that concept. And then it kind of got me uh, kind of thinking, and I wanted to put this question out to y'all. Okay. So I was thinking, like, um, you know, how that would kind of reboot the universe or change the universe or whatever, and it got sure. me thinking how. 
the, I think it was 2018 Halloween, just decided, hey, you know what? All those uh, other Halloween flicks never happened. Right. Just the first one, and then kind of just reboots the universe, I guess. And they they did that a couple of times, you know, with Halloween, uh, with H2O. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so here's what I was thinking. Like, what flick or what series, you know what I mean, would you like like to see kind of reboot, rebooted where they disregard other, you know, other stuff, uh, other oh, movies. Okay. You know, I mean, we probably all agree, you know what, I'd like to see Candyman just rebooted after the first one. G-Pete. G-Pete. I'm going to, you know what, uh, Tom Hardy, he called back. I'm going to address that question. I want to hear what, I want to hear the other stuff that you have to say first. So let's get into your, your next call. G motherfucking P. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, sorry about that going on a bit there. But it's yeah, all good, I, man. what would you like to see kind of rebooted when, uh, like after what episode or what uh, movie, you know what I mean? And uh-huh. uh, kind of like, uh, you, like, I, like I was saying, you know, we all probably want to see Candyman sure. start again after part one and just kind of disregard that farewell to the flesh and that other nonsense yeah. bullshit Candyman. I, I would but, agree. But um, what else do you want to see? I was thinking maybe, you know, you had mentioned the other week, Child's Play, and uh-huh. how in the first one they kind of hit the um, the voodoo uh, aspect of it real hard, and then it just abandoned. never again. What if they restarted Child's Play sure. right after the first one and kind of continued with maybe some of this voodoo uh, aspect? Um, the one I kind of came up with was uh, I'd like to see them, uh, you know, kind of restart uh, Elm Street right after uh, Part 3. Okay. And kind of uh, yeah. maybe tell more of the uh, Dream Warriors storyline rather like than just that. kind of killing them off in the first, you know, 20 minutes of the, the fourth one. Right. Uh, the other thing, um, I actually, uh, on the What Are You Looking At department, uh, I actually had a chance uh, for the, you know, for Friday the 13th, I caught a bunch of hugs. Friday the 13th clip. You tried you know, my that My personal before. favorite series out it there. It didn't work. And I got a bunch of stuff I really wanted to get into with you okay. guys, but I've already been kind of throwing it on for a while. So I'll so no. definitely uh, call back next week uh, okay. to talk more about it. Absolutely. But one of the things I just wanted to get out there real quick was in Friday the 13th Part 4, uh-huh. um, you remember uh, the Crispin Glover character, the dead fuck? Absolutely. Um, everybody fucking jokes about his stupid-ass the... dance. Dude, and the how sickest dance moves and all that. ever. And it is. It's stupid. <laughs> but nobody talks about the guy that the guy that calls him a dead fuck, his buddy. Right. I can't remember his name offhand. But anyway, there's a scene where they're uh, they're going to go they're going to go swimming. Right. And they're walking down there and one of the guys swings on a rope swing into the lake. Right. Now it's not like a big ass jump and he doesn't swing way out there and stuff. But this fucking idiot here, this fucking retard is like, yeah, man! Like, the guy suddenly did, like, fucking backflips or some shit like that. And nobody points out how fucking idiotic this moron is. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sorry for droning on for a bit. Oh, and I apologize about last week. Uh, oh. I was at work. I thought I could uh, it's all good, man. sneak in a phone call, but you know how it is. Shit happens. It I does. thought, oh, I'll give a call right back and just. Got busy, never had a chance. Of course. Anyway, hope all is well. Love you, Lack family, and bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Couple of things. Okay, first off, let, let, let me address your, your franchise question about movies. Franchises, really, that I would love to see get a reboot, or maybe one of those weird 
sandwich moves where they squeeze a sequel in between two pre-existing sequels and basically tell us to try to forget all the other movies. Um, the first one that comes to mind, honestly, is the one that you just brought up, Friday the 13th. Now, I love the franchise, but I struggle to call it a franchise per se, because really, what are we looking at? 12 movies? Hey, Tom Hardy, inmates, let's be honest. Uh, probably eight out of those 12 movies were the same fucking movie, just with different kids, different haircuts, and different kills. Kids go to the lake, kids have sex with each other. We find new and inventive ways to get rid of kids. We're not, we're no longer watching because we want to see our survivor girl overcome, you know, the big bad Jason Voorhees. No, we want, we we're now watching because we want to see which kid is going to get bisected, which one's going to get decapitated, uh, what the breasts on, you know, Debbie or Tammy or whatever the fuck her name is looks like and how many guys are going to bang her before she gets eviscerated. So really, in that franchise, do we ha- can we honestly say that, I mean, within those eight movies and barring like a Tommy Jarvis, do we even have a congruent storyline? I would struggle to say so because really, I would say at least five or six, well, no, let's be honest, probably two or three of those movies could easily be called remakes of different movies in the franchise. Um, I would love to see a congruent storyline in that franchise. We're not going to get it, um, well, probably ever now because of all the weird legal shit surrounding Friday the 13th and, you know, who has the rights to the hockey mask and Jason Voorhees and all that crap. That's why they're shutting down the game servers now. So that would be uh, one. I would love to see like an actual storyline. I saw the, what was that, 2006 remake? Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, not quite the Jason Voorhees that we know and love, though. We don't, We you know, come on. What we're looking for is an undead killing machine. What we got instead was this weird mutated survivalist guy. I'm not necessarily mad at that. There were some magnificent boobies in that movie. <laughs> and that, uh, that is something that I'm a fan of. Um, but that's as far as, we're not, we're, that's it, man. That's all we got. We're not going to see anything further than that. Probably probably in our lifetimes, really, the way this shit is going. Um, what else you got? I would love to see uh, a reimagining or a reboot of The Crow. I, I would make the argument of, and I, w- I would definitely call that a horror franchise, but I, I don't think you can find a sharper nosedive in quality of films going from The Crow 1, which was magnificent and unfortunately brought us the death of Brandon Lee, and then from there, we just went right into the shitter. I actually wasn't mad at City of Angels. After that, we got Edward Furlong. Uh, we got the guy from Bones. Oh, God, stop it. Stop doing it, man. You know what I mean? Edward Furlong weighed 300 pounds when he played the crow. Get the fuck out of here with this. That is, you know, not taking any anything away from James O'Barr's comics, but there is actually a congru- like a, a storyline to follow. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying we should just keep dragging Eric Draven out for 5, 6, 10, 12 movies. But the, the, following the character of the crow. The crow, the actual entity that breathes life back into these souls who are, you know, need to come back 
to to set the wrong things right. That is that is a that is the the gestalt of the story of the crow, and and we we never we never really got that. We just got uh, Thomas Jane jerking off in uh, weird uh, I don't, peep show automated peep show situation. What was his name? Um, the fucking um, Iggy Pop in there running around. I don't know, man. I've that I, that franchise I feel like could definitely do with a reboot. Uh, thank you very much for calling in uh, there, Mr. Tom Hardy. Uh, I will pass on your uh, your assistance to Miss Monica should she ever actually try to hold something in her mouth while she's underwater. I don't. I'll leave. I'll leave your expertise to that. And uh, yeah, very cool. Here comes Mr. Alan Cha Cha. Padded room, what's up? What's going everybody's on? Everybody's doing good. Monica, your mom uh, gets better soon. Me too. I have no idea who you are. Beast or um, <laughs> Yeah, I thought A Quiet Place 2 had already come and gone. Because like you said, man, I see the Doritos bags for it. I know. Uh, let's see, me and Shelly watched We Some in the Darkness the other day. I really liked it. That's not a bad show. I thought Johnny Knoxville did a really good job as a bad guy. Sure. Anyway, that's all I got. Talk to you later. Bye. Very cool. Thank you for calling in, Alan. I love that. That's a good show. We Summon the Darkness. I like that. Uh, Johnny Knoxville. I love him. I've always loved him. I thought he was a, a, a you know a decent actor. He's had acting parts. He was in that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. He was in uh, The Ringer. Um, which got him a lot of crap because of you know the special needs. Uh, what else? Jackass, of course. I mean, that was his. That wasn't really acting. That was him getting shot with tasers and stuff like that. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, he looks older than shit now. And we summon the darkness, notwithstanding. Like just, just Google Johnny Knoxville now. He looks like he could probably be your dad. I mean, I'm sure he's had a hard life being the jackass guy and all. But uh, right on, man. Miss Monica was Beaster Day. I don't know if anybody else caught that except for me or anybody else has even seen that movie. It's uh, bananas if you you feel like checking that out. Uh, that is all we have on the old listener mail, my friends. Thank you very much, Cowboy, Tom Hardy, and Alan. Uh, Cowboy, I've got a prize pack for you. I was hoping to hand it to Buddy this week. He's not here, so... Whenever I see him again, I will hand it to him, and he'll deliver it to you. It's ready to go. Um, Yeah, other than that, I think it's about time to get into a movie. Dudes, what do you think of that shit? Warning. This preview cannot show all of the terrifying and grotesque transformation sequences from the last 30 minutes of The Beast Within. The filmmakers strongly suggest that those who may be shocked by this unique, horrifying movie use caution when seeing the film. There's something inside of Michael. Never seen anything like it before. Something that's been waiting, watching and growing Michael something evil I know you're in here and whatever it is it is ready to be released I came back for them all of them and now no one 
no one is safe. You have been warned. You are dared to remain calm during the horrifying final 30 minutes of The Beast Within. Even you may not survive. You have been warned. Yeah, buddy, it is The Beast Within, chosen by Miss Monica here in Miss Monica Month. 1982, got 5.6 stars on IMDb, directed by by Philip Mora, written by Tom Holland. Uh, This one stars Ronnie Cox, B.B. Besh, and Paul Clements. It's got a solid R rating uh, for some pretty obvious reasons, and I'll get into that in a second. Ronnie Cox was the quintessential... 80s action villain, uh, probably from 1985 to like 1992. Uh, he's going to be the corporate scumbag in RoboCop, the um, other corporate scumbag from Total Recall. He's he's like he's when he gets like full on with it and he starts yelling at the camera, he can turn into a right shit. Uh, we're not going to get a villainous Ronnie Cox in this one. We're going to get more of a deliverance Ronnie Cox, which is more like a sweet kind of a dude. Handsome, handsome devil too. Um, this one is written by Tom Holland. You'll, you'll know that name, not from Spider-Man, the other Tom Holland, the one that directed, uh, Child's Play and stuff. Um, now the thing is, this is actually a Lovecraft adaptation. Well, not, it's not. I would say it's inspired by a Lovecraft story. Now, at no point in the credits is H.P. Lovecraft given any credit in any way for this movie or the script or the story or anything. And that's fine because all of his work is public domain. You don't have to give him credit. And he died 100 years ago. Uh, But if you're a Lovecraft Dorcas like I am, you're going to recognize some names. And once you start hearing the names... You're going to start putting some things together and then you're going to realize that this is, it's not a full-on Lovecraft adaptation, but it is um, in spirit a Lovecraft adaptation. So let's jump right in, shall we? Let's get right into the into the meat and potatoes of The Beast Within. So we're going to start off in, um, I think we are in, well actually we're going to start off somewhere in Louisiana and it's pretty, it's like down deep ugly, gnarly, uh, swamp-ridden Louisiana, where you imagine it's very sweaty and sultry. And a lot of, you would think there'd be like a lot of weird sex stuff going on. We're gonna, there's going to be some weird sex stuff coming at us. Uh, we're going to start off late at night. We have a uh, young, attractive couple, uh, you know, probably newlyweds. It's Ronnie Cox and his wife playing playing uh, Eli and his wife, whose name I don't remember, uh, McCleary. And they're on their way. They, I think they just got married. They're on their way somewhere. They stop for gas, and they keep going down this back Louisiana road, and eventually their car gets stuck in some mud, and that sucks. So they're like, ah, shit. Uh, Ronnie decides he's going to go back to the gas station to get some help, get a tow truck and stuff. Once he gets out of the car, the wife stays there in the car. It's a horrible idea, by the way. Never do that. Uh, we get somebody skulking around the Louisiana woods, or swamp, woods, whatever you call that. Um, we don't really get to see this dude. We do get to see his calves. 
And he's got some very well-defined calves. And he's wearing some shorts. And his calves look kind of like chicken skin, if that makes sense. They're very greasy and oily and gross looking. Uh, eventually, she gets weirded out and steps out of the car. At which point, she gets chased by our late-night skulker. Uh, starts running through the woods. Doesn't get very far from the car before she knocks herself out by running headlong into a tree. That's pretty pretty dumb. Um, at that point, our late night skulker decides, well, she's unconscious. I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it get it going on. So he uh, rips her shirt off. We get to see her boobies, uh, and then he rapes her there in the Louisiana backwoods, swampy, muddy disgustingness. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what you call that. It's not like a full-on swamp, but it's very moist. And there's like a lot of sloshing about, which is not a conducive place to have sex, you'd think, unless you're just that horny. Uh, has, uh, uh, rapes her, takes off. Uh, about that time, Ronnie Cox comes back, starts looking for his wife, finds her not too far away. She's still alive, mind you. She's fine. I mean, she's unconscious, and she's naked, and she's uh, covered in schmutz and mud and probably weird monster jizz and she's like ah so he takes her uh, out of there and then that's the end of that now from there we're gonna cut to 17 years later jackson mississippi okay um i don't know if there were was any it's it, it, it seems to me that for the purposes of this story, Ronnie and his wife, or excuse me, Eli, I should just call him Ronnie from now on, Eli, played by Ronnie Cox, and his wife just kind of decided to move on and uh, never mention that incident again at all in any context whatsoever. Because, uh, <laughs> give me a minute, I'll explain. So we're 17 years later, um, They now have a 17-year-old son. Now, we can do the math here, right? Uh, Things, you know, there's a good chance that kid ain't ain't Eli's. So the kid has developed some kind of a pituitary gland syndrome that is kicking the shit out of him, and he's in the hospital. Doctors can't figure it out. The only thing they can surmise is that it has to be hereditary, except that Eli doesn't have it, neither does his wife, so... I don't know. What do you think? And then finally, we have to have the uncomfortable conversation between Eli and his wife. Well, you know, chances are that ain't my kid. Uh, Yeah, I know. But let's not talk about it. Let's just not even think about it. Well, doctors are like, dude, you got to find out whose kid this is because we need to talk to the dad. We got to figure out what this syndrome is all about, what his fucking problem is, how to fix it. Basically, he's got a weird glandular problem in in his back and... It's making him super tired and kind of delusional at times, and it's really kicking his ass. And there's a chance he could die if uh, the shit doesn't get figured out. So they're like, ah, fuck! Gotta go back to that little fucking podunk town and try to find out who raped my wife 17 years ago and got her pregnant so we can do some kind of a genetic workup on his ass and figure out why my kid is all jacked off. That that is not a road trip that I want to go on. So now that's what they that's exactly what they have to do. They don't have a choice. Uh they go back there. Now this is where they, okay. <laughs> this is a good movie. I like it. I enjoy it, but there are some issues here, okay? Now, Jackson, Mississippi, okay? From from there it's to a, a very small town in Louisiana called Nairobi or uh 
It's spelt N-I-O-R-B-A, Nairoba. Nairoba. They they pronounce it Niobe. So um, I don't know what the travel time is there. It's they, it's like a road trip. They have to get in the car and drive there. I get that. Uh, they get there. Uh, they start snooping around. It's just mom and dad, uh, Eli and his wife at this point. The kid is still in the hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, or so we think at this point in the film. Now, mom goes to the local newspaper, and she's like, hey, um, they had any, like, weird uh, situations like 17 years ago? You mind if I just take a look at your back uh, issues, maybe from 17 years ago, see what's going on? Guy's like, yeah, sure, go right ahead. Dad goes to the courthouse, and he's like, hey, um, anything weird happened in this town about 17 years ago, like assaults or murders or any weird... See, now this is leading me to believe that post-rape... They just decided to go back to the hotel, take a shower, and pretend the whole shit never happened. Except that she almost immediately after showed up pregnant. That's a weird approach to take to uh, a very brutal rape, in my opinion. Don't want to contact the authorities. Don't want to uh, go on some kind of a revenge mission. No, just, uh, eh, you know, uh, no harm, no foul, (laughs) I guess, on the weird swamp rape situation. That got my wife pregnant. Okay. Anyway. So, immediately, uh, they, they, they come up kind of empty-handed. Uh, the wife does find an article about a guy that was uh, uh, murdered um, about 17 years ago by a guy by the name of Lionel Kerwin. Does that name ring any bells? Probably not, but I'll explain in a moment. Uh, Lionel Kerwin got killed... About 17 years ago in a weird assault situation. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Uh, She, like, uh, stashes the newspaper article, gets out of there. Dad leaves the courthouse with a very uneasy feeling because the judge he talked to was being very secretive and standoffish, and he was a bit of a prick. Uh, You know, Ronnie's like, hey, what do you know about, like, an assault situation about 17 years ago? He's like, who's asking? What are you, one of these big city folks? You don't come poking around my jurisdiction and Ronnie's like dude I'm just asking can I just can we just talk and the guy's like Won't you get out of here you city slicker so Ronnie's leaving there now as they leave they're walking down the street uh Eli and his wife and we see the newspaper guy and the judge like staring out of the same window looking at them walking down the street and they're having a little sidebar conversation they're like Ugh, I knew they'd come back one of these days oh weird shit you know, we've got to get rid of them as fast as we can. We don't want to draw any suspicion, though. All right, so something is weird here in the town of Niobe. Niobe, whatever you want to call it. All right, now we're going to cut to that night. We're going to cut back to Jackson, Mississippi, where their 17-year-old son, Michael, is laying in bed, and he's like all... Fucked up. He's like got the cold sweats and his eyes are all sunken in and his system is kicking back all the nutrients because we don't know what the fuck's going on with this pituitary gland thing. He like wakes up in a cold sweat, jumps out of bed and goes running out of the hospital. Okay. He goes hauling ass out of the hospital on foot, gets in a car and just drives it. Whose car? How did he steal it? Does he even have a drive? Who knows? Drives it. Um some distance, and then crashes the car, and then leaves the car and continues on on foot. 
now he's going to show up in uh, goddamn Nairobi. 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 So I don't know how far Jackson, Mississippi is away from Niobe. Is it, from the looks of it, it's just a, it's like a, a loose smattering of woods in between the two, and you're pretty much there. And that could be accurate. I am not a geography guy, so that might just be how the way it is. I have no idea. He's now in Niobe. And he's like feral all of a sudden. He's got his Leatherman jacket on. And he's got a, a bad teeth situation all of a sudden. He's running around. Where's it going? First place he shows up is at the newspaper guy's house. He's kind of posing as a delivery boy. He grabs like a bag of groceries and he shows up. And the newspaper guy's like, oh, come on in there, son. I got you. Here's a good, uh, you're making, here's a tip for you there, boy. Here's a, come on in. I'm going to make you a hamburger. That uh, lady don't feed you nothing enough. Come on in <laughs> <laughs> it's it's terrible and this this scene is particularly uncomfortable okay because you have this um elderly guy uh like smoking cigarettes and a wife beater and he's like pounding meat and michael is just chilling there in his kitchen michael doesn't say a word to him the whole time right and the the newspaper guys just going on oh come on in there i'm gonna get you a cheeseburger but you they don't feed you over there which you don't pay you nothing i'm gonna gonna, come on in i'm gonna feed you it had a very weird sexual tinge to me like a like a weird gay pedophilia bear in mind michael's supposed to be 17 years old um what 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 I don't know, dude. I, I can't even explain. It's just weird and it made me uncomfortable. Clearly, foul play is afoot here. I don't know who's going to be the victim and who's going to be the perpetrator and what degree of sexual... Uh, it, it, dude, it, they're, they're both all sweaty. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird and creepy to me. That's just me, though. Uh, eventually, uh, Michael bursts out and he's like, oh, and he's like, goes into full-on beast mode and he attacks the newspaper guy, kills him and kind of guts him right there. Big struggle in the uh, the kitchen, knocks a bunch of shit over. It's great. Uh, from there, Michael takes off on foot. He goes uh, to a nearby other house, plantation-style house. Uh, he starts, like, skulking around in the woods uh, outside of the house. Uh, this house has, like, a very big dog attached to it, though. So he gets cornered by the dog, and then a very hot teenage uh, blonde chick runs out, and she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Sorry, my dog got you here. Never mind the fact that you're creeping around my house in the middle of the night. Uh, but as soon as she pulls the dog off him, he like faints. He collapses. And then uh, he's taken to the hospital. His parents are notified. He got here to Niobe somehow. Um, that that question never comes up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's never mentioned. Hey, how did you get here, man? You were in a hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, seven hours ago, now you're here and you just collapsed outside of a random house. How did how did we get from point A to point B? Well, we're not going to broach that topic because we're just going to assume that he's sick and he needs help. And we'll, I guess, talk about it. Never mind the Grand Theft Auto that was involved. So, whatever. Uh, he wakes up in the hospital the next morning. Doctor's like, now, mind you, this is like a, a foghorn leghorn doctor. <laughs> And he's got the Colonel Sanders bolo tie rocking. He's like, nah, I'm, not, I'm just a simple country doctor here, son, but it looked to me like you're doing okay. And Michael all of a sudden is like, fine. He's like, hey, I feel pretty good. He's got his color back. He's like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, 
maybe I maybe, I don't see a problem here. I feel feel all right all of a sudden. And uh, Eli and his wife are just elated. Eli's like, hey, look at that. See, I told you some good country simple medicine would would figure this shit out and get it sorted out. Michael's like, yeah. So Eli's like, okay, dude, let's get you up out of this hospital bed. We're going to take you home. And Michael's like, no, no, I don't want to leave here. Uh, give me another day or two to recuperate. So and Eli's like, what? We're going to take you to Houston. We're first going to take you back to Jackson, Mississippi, and then we're going to go to Houston, have you looked at by like a scientist, like a real doctor. And he's like, no, 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 no. I got to stay here in Niobe because I really like it here. So just give me another day or two here in Niobe in the hospital for observation doctors like that sounds like a good idea to me there son so uh that's what they agree to now in the meantime some really weird shit is going on we're gonna cut to that night uh michael has himself like a weird spaz attack in the hospital bed uh again with the sweating it looks like he's having an orgasm uh he's got like a weird thing on his back and by a weird thing I would say it's comparable to a swollen vagina right between the shoulder blades. And he's like thrashing around and all of a sudden he's like talking to himself. Ah, you're going to leave me alone. I don't know anything. Uh, He gets out of the hospital again, sneaks out. He goes running around out in the, the town of Niobe. He comes across a drunk dude by the name of Tom. Tom's like, hey, uh. Uh, I'm drunk, and you're that McLaren boy, aren't you? I'd offer you a drink, but uh, I'm the town drunk, and I don't want to get in trouble, so, you know. And this time, Michael's like, Oh, Tom, you know me, don't you? It's me, Billy Connors. And Tom's like, Billy Connors? I ain't heard that name since second whatever. (laughs) Now, here's where things get interesting, okay? While, uh... Michael McLaren slash Billy Connors is out painting the town fuchsia, <laughs> whatever. Um, the the police, the local sheriff's office, along with um, uh, Eli, the, the Michael's father, is looking for clues because they found the newspaper guy's dead body. Now they're looking for clues, right? So they're out, you know, checking stuff out. They come across this old bog and they start pulling skeletons out of it. Like a lot of skeletons. I think they said they have found like 36 decomposing skeletons in this old bog there in the, like out in the outskirts of the town there. So they're pulling it out. They got a whole search party going on. They're pulling all the bodies. I mean, they're just skeletons. Most of them are just skeletons at this point. So they're like, God damn, what the fuck is going on with all these skeletons in the bog? They pull one of them out. Now the town doctor is there too because he's like wanting to identify. They pull one of the skeletons. One of the skeletons out. It's got like a steel um, hip replacement situation. And the doctor's like, well, I recognize that there steel hip. I put it in myself. That's old Emily Rittenhouse right there. You mark my words. And they're like, there's no way that's Emily Rittenhouse. She was buried uh, eight years ago and uh, we all went to her funeral. How would she end up in this bog? And he's like, well, I don't know, but I know my own handiwork. That day is Emily Rittenhouse's hip. So the co- the sheriff is like, okay, all right there, uh, wise guy. Let's go talk to uh, the town coroner, a guy by the name of Charles, or no, well, he, probably the full name, but a guy by the name of Dexter Ward. Does that name ring any bells? Now we have Lionel Kerwin and Dexter Ward. I know I'm the only uh, guy 
that you know that has a huge boner for HP Lovecraft. But when I hear those two names, I know exactly where we're at. I know exactly where we're going. And when I think about the crux of this story, it occurs to me that this is, in spirit, an HP Lovecraft adaptation. I'll explain at the end, okay? Um, so they're like, hey, 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 let's go talk to the uh, the coroner, Dexter Ward, and see what what he says about this. So they go over there. They take the the hip with the steel replacement. They're like, "Hey, man, is this Emily Rittenhouse?" And he's like, "Oh no, that's not Emily Rittenhouse. I buried her uh, back when she passed away." And he's like, "Well, the Eli is there, mind you. Eli is just a dude that showed up and is now following the cops around." Eli's like, "Well, is there any way that the body might have gotten not put in the ground?" And uh, Ward is like. I'm not answering your fucking questions, random guy. If you uh, want to talk to me, the sheriff's like, just answer the questions because I'm kind of curious about this too. And he's like, no, I put her on the ground myself, you, mo- you motherfuckers. And then the the um, doctor is like, well, you were ba- just an apprentice back then. The original coroner, coroner was Lionel Kerwin. Aha! So Ward was apprenticing for Kerwin at the time of the Rittenhouse funeral and thus who knows what's going on now mind you lionel Kerwin was the one that was originally murdered around about 17 years ago uh brutally mind you as the newspaper that mrs um mclaren found would state so i don't know if i'm putting this all together for you just yet or if you're an hp lovecraft dork then you know exactly where i'm going or if you've seen this movie then you know what's up cut to the old uh, Michael McLaren, who's out running around, and uh, n- n- now might possibly be uh, Billy Connors, whoever this character might be. He's running around, and he's got full-on, you know, he's got really bad teeth all of a sudden. He's like, ah, I gotta get you. Um, that's, that's pretty weird, and he's all fired off. Um, now, he goes back to the young lady's house that, was the one whose house he was skulking around in the first time. He just kind of pops in there, and she's like, oh, Michael, hi. He's like a big, sophisticated city guy to her, so naturally, she's ready to, to get down with him. But her dad is a right prick, and a very strict right prick. So Michael has to like climb up the, the weird uh, uh, plantation pillar situation to get into her room, and then the dad comes and chases him away. And in a weird way, he jumps out of the... the uh, top the top floor window which isn't really necessary at all but the cops get called they come and they're like hey dude you can't be sneaking around the uh amanda's house here because you know her dad doesn't really appreciate that and he's like oh god yeah i must have been sleepwalking or something sheriff really sorry let me go back to the hospital or what's up he's like yeah we'll take you back to the hospital so the next night rolls around now things are getting ugly uh more bodies are starting to stack up we're starting to put the pieces together with what's going on with uh, Ward. Now, right after they leave the coroner's office, uh, Eli and the, the sheriff, Ward gets on the phone with the judge, and he's like, hey, judge, hey, I know what time it is. The fucking newspaper guy got killed. Uh, some scary shit. The cops are asking questions. I want a lot of money, and I want out, and I want that. I'm, I'm, I'm walking right out of here. I don't want any part of this. So the judge obviously knows what's going on. The newspaper guy knew what was going on, and Ward, the coroner, has got a pretty good idea also. So that's pretty gnarly. Uh, cut to the next day. 
we go full Billy Connors again. Uh, Eli shows up and he's like, come on, kiddo, we're going to get you up out of here. And he's like, I ain't going nowhere. He gets all furious this time. And he's like, come on, you're my kid. We're going to get you. He's like, you're not my daddy. Billy Connors is my daddy. Uh, okay, so, well, at least now we know who our rapist is, right? It's this elusive Billy Connors character. Um, so I'm going to cut through a lot of stuff here, because there is a lot of movie to unpack, but I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to make a very long story short. Uh, Billy Connors is slowly possessing Michael McLaren and forcing him to do his bidding, um, via this weird pituitary situation in his back. So periodically that thing flames up, and when it does, uh, Michael turns into this uh, very ugly, bestial, kind of a drug addict-looking guy, and he runs around and kills off members of the Kerwin family. That's going to include the judge, uh, the newspaper guy, it's going to include Amanda's father, um, and towards the end, he's just going to go full-on feral with it and just start killing random people that he comes across. Uh, how we got to this point is Lionel Kerwin. So Lionel Kerwin was around um, 17 years ago. Well, actually, even further than that. So Lionel Kerwin was the town coroner. He was a super pious religious dude. And he was married. He did not have a kid. And the reason why, he wouldn't even have sex with his wife because he found it to be sinful. He refused to do it. Okay, so Kerwin's wife started cheating on him with the or Billy Connors. Okay, Kerwin caught him, killed the wife immediately. Uh, Kerwin then held Billy at gunpoint and forced him down into the uh, basement, kept him there for a very long time, and then eventually threw the dead body of his wife down there for him to eat, at which point he got loose happened upon uh, Mrs. McLaren as her car was stuck in the woods, raped her, got her pregnant, and then went immediately back down to the basement where he eventually starved to death. And his bo- we're going to go to the basement and see his bones. He was a deformed, hideous thing. Which begs the question as to why Mrs. Kerwin would choose him to have the affair with. I assume he had a great big dick. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only thing. I mean, he's like the elephant man looking, just judging by his bones. And, you know, we saw his calves and stuff. It looked hideous. Why would he, uh, I don't know. Why would she pick him? Surely there was somebody else in that town that would be willing to bang her on the side. But she went with uh, the most hideous, nasty looking hillbilly available, I guess. Maybe that was her kink. I don't know. Um, got her pregnant, kid, uh, now Michael McLaren, was raised by the McLarens, and Eli McLaren, as his own son, develops this bizarro pituitary situation, and is slowly being taken over by, I guess, the resurrected spirit of Billy Connors to come back and wreak havoc on the Kerwins. Now, that's all well and good. Kills most of them off, gets the newspaper guy, gets Amanda's father, gets, um... A couple other dudes uh, the, tried to get the doctor. The doctor wasn't um, a, a um, Kerwin, but he did kind of facilitate things. Kills Dexter Ward also, who we found out was actually feeding Billy Connors dead bodies. And that's where all the skeletons in the swamp came from because somebody would die. Instead of burying them, you'd buy, bury a big uh, box of rocks and give the, the dead body to the judge 
who is actually the cousin of uh, Lionel Kerwin, and then Lionel would feed the dead body to Billy in his basement, and uh, that's how it went down until Billy eventually got loose, murdered Lionel brutally, and then raped uh, Mrs. McLaren, which is nasty. So that's where we're at now. This all culminates in a very wacky uh, transformation scene in which Billy's pituitary glands slash back vagina go full Billy Connors and he basically turns into what I would consider a... um, Imagine if you put a stress ball in the microwave for about 30 seconds. (laughs) Imagine if you uh, overcooked a baked potato and then forced it to go out in the woods and try to kill people. That's kind of what he looked like. And the... We, I feel like we spent a little too long on the actual transformation scene because really they, they really overused the air bladders for this thing. He just had like weird uh, softball-sized pustules coming out of his head in a weird, we like a random fashion. Not so as to make him look terrifying, just as to say, Jesus Christ, man, he's having an allergic reaction. Get him a Benadryl because his head is swelling up to the size of... Uh, I don't know, like a big, like a big, a birthday balloon that you would find at the dollar store. That's what his head looked like. Imagine if Stewie from The Family Guy were a, like a like a real time horror villain in a in a in a live action movie. It, that's what his head looked like. You understand? Sure, he had the claws and all that. Anyway, uh, he busts out of the the hospital, goes running off into the woods. Um, the sheriff and the McLarens chase him down. They got like a little posse with him. He kills a couple of the deputies in the process. And eventually, uh, he jumps Eli McLaren and Mrs. McLaren has to deliver the fatal blow via gunshot to the head, ending her son's life slash Billy Connors. Now let's talk a little bit about HP Lovecraft and how this whole thing comes together. The name of the story that comes to mind is, the case of Charles Dexter Ward. Now, there have been a few other film adaptations of the story. Um, the first, I believe, was The Haunted Palace, starring Vincent Price. But the best of them, the only one that you really need to watch, is called The Resurrected, starring Chris Sarandon and the chick from um, uh, Herman's Head, whatever her name was. That is a bad motherfucker. I think it came out in like 1992 or something like that. That's your most loyal adaptation. That one was spot on. Um, in the, in the book, in the, the story, the case of Charles Dexter Ward, you basically had a guy and his young wife that inherited a, um, uh, like a family estate that had been abandoned. Once he goes and he checks it out, he finds an old book, finds out that he's related to a old, like a warlock kind of a guy named Lionel Kerwin. And the more he reads the book, the more, Lionel Kerwin sort of invades his body and kind of takes him over and starts doing black magic shit again. So as the story goes on, we get less Charles Dexter Ward, more Lionel Kerwin, more nefarious shit happening. Um, As far as performances go, I think Vincent Price's was pretty spot on, man, because he could go on a dime from Kerwin to Ward. Ward, pretty good guy, loving husband, all that stuff. Kerwin, real prick, like necromancer level prick. You know what I mean? He's like wanting to climb all over his wife and he's trying to resurrect his dead wife from 200 years ago. It's a real back and forth situation. 
And that's not that far away from what we have in this movie. We have uh, Michael McLaren, who's just an innocent kid, who happens to be the product of a brutal rape. And then we have Billy Connors, who's this uh, hell-bent entity who's invading his body. And we get like a, a back and forth between those two. Unfortunately, this one doesn't end well or as well as uh, other things. Um, but it's still a pretty good show. And if you can, it, it's very rapey. In the end, he does rape Amanda as the weird bobbleheaded looking thing that he is. So you would think they left room for a sequel because you know he got Amanda pregnant, so she's going to give birth to some weird pituitary gland freakazoid. Uh, that's pretty much it for your movie. I got a kill count of six on this one. Pretty good show. Um, I, I had seen this one before, a couple of times actually, and completely forgotten all about the Lovecraft references. So watching this again, I was like, motherfucker, that's Charles, that's Dexter Ward right there. He's a, he's a coroner in this one. And the, the storyline of Kerwin and Ward has nothing to do with anything. Really, I think he just shoe, shoehorned the names in there as a little wink and a nod to Lovecraft. Um, I'm glad he did. I'm glad for a, for, a, for a doofus like I am, that really, you know, well, that got my little nipples hard hearing those names. I say check it out. It's from 1982. You can watch it on YouTube right now if you want. It's broken up into like 57 different parts, four minutes long a piece or whatever. Um, I'm sure it's out there somewhere like on a, uh, a weird Roku channel that you're going to have to dig and sift through. Pretty good show. Definitely worth checking out. Special effects, meh. Eh, a little much with the air bladders there on the transformation. Other than that, definitely worth checking out. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to maybe go do another shot and possibly uh, go to the bathroom.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, I'm back. Well, what is going on? What is it about the Deep South that makes people so fucking horny? Is it just the way it's portrayed in movies? I'd like to know because I feel like I've never been. I mean, I've been to Florida, but that was like Orlando, Miami area. Um, I'm talking like funky Georgia, Louisiana, you know, like down in the fucking the swampy sweaty stinky south you see it on tv you see like movies like this uh you know true blood people just non-stop sexy chicks banging away um angel heart lisa bonet getting all voodoo raped or i guess it wasn't technically raped because she was into it but I don't know, man. I, I feel, is it just there's nothing else to do down there except uh, get drunk and nail each other? Because if, if that's true, then I think I know where my next vacation is going to be. Alan, get your guest room ready, buddy. I'm headed down that way. And uh, line me up some of Shelly's friends for me, would you? <laughs> I don't know, man. It just Maybe it's the heat. Makes you crazy. The humidity, you know? Everybody's sweating all the time. That's I guess that's kind of sexy until you have to smell them, I would assume. I don't know, man. Maybe it's it's a whole other thing down there. I, I would love to get down there and check it out at some point. But I don't want to have to, like, trudge through a swamp or deal with a water moccasin or a alligator or any kind of weird wa- mosquitoes. No, thank you. None of that. None of that business. Uh, maybe I'll just stay here and watch movies about the Deep South, you know, horror movies only, of course. All right, anyway, enough about me and my bullshit. Uh, I got some movies to talk to you about that I got to watch this week. If you guys want to get a hold of me or, you know, chime in on anything that we're doing here in the padded room, tell me what movies you got to watch. Take a crack at educating Miss Monica. Chime in on the Immersion Therapy. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775 Three eight seven zero two seven five, or you can email me if you don't like the sound of your own voice. I know I don't like the sound of mine, so I never listen to this show. Uh, the Padded Room two thousand eleven at hotmail dot com is how you do that. While you're thinking about that, I'm going to tell you which movies I got to watch this week. I got, dude, I got some good ones in, uh, and and some not so good ones. Uh, it's called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? All right, you want the good news or the bad news? Which one do you want first? I'm going to give you the bad news first. Uh, Reap Town from 2020. I know it sounds like Rape Town, but it's actually Reap, as in the Grim Reaper town. Um, This one was filmed, by and large, locally. Somewhere here in northern Nevada. I think it was either Silver Springs or Dayton. Uh, It's definitely got the northern Nevada feel to it. I'll give you that. Other than that, it's not a very good movie. It's about um, 
this ch- young lady, uh, as part of a work release program, has to go and be a night watchman at a like a railroad museum, and she gets you know things go afoul, and uh, there's like spirits involved, a vengeful spirit, things like that. Turns out the town is sacrificing uh, female parolees to this entity. It's not very good. It caught my curiosity because um, I can't place where in northern Nevada it was filmed. It had to be either Silver Springs or Dayton, for sure. Uh, The director of this movie loves himself some drone shots. Like, half of this movie is shot Akari Warrior style from from like 300 feet above the ground (laughs) to where all you see is the top of the actors' heads. It's very silly. Uh, that's a bad one. Uh, 1972 Yellow House. I'm not going to say this is a bad movie. It is a different movie. So the premise of the film is that it's, I guess you could almost call it found footage in a way, is that, um, uh, what the fuck, Sunnyvale, I think, California. There's a old yellow house that was being renovated and excavated. And upon excavation, they found a bunch of, uh, uh, 18 millimeter films like film reels and then they played it and they've realized that these were the home movies of a couple that was murdered in the house uh back in 1972 and then we get into like the weird folklore of the town and uh seances and things like that but the the entire movie is nothing but 18 millimeter footage with weird voiceovers and music um you don't really get to see anything and it's very um, if you didn't know that, if you didn't read the synopsis, you'd be very hard-pressed to put together a congruent storyline or any kind of a plot line, really, because all you're looking at is grainy-ass footage. Uh, all the people in the footage look very similar uh, to each other, so it's hard to distinguish who's doing what and saying what and what the hell's going on. And, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty hard. It's It's... It's something that might pique your curiosity. That's how it got me, you know. I started watching, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, actually. But if I hadn't have read the synopsis, I don't think I'd have any fucking idea what this movie was about or what the hell was going on. Uh, That's the bad news. The good news is The Lie from 2018. This is part of the Welcome to the Bloom House thing on Amazon Prime. Pretty good show. Pretty good show, man. Uh, more of a crime thriller, crime noir situation. Uh, you got two teenage girls. One of them disappears, and the other one confesses to her parents that she killed the first girl. And then it's her parents feverishly trying to cover up for their for their daughter. Uh, I get that part, but there's a twist at the end, and I'm not going to give it away. And you're like, oh, you fucker. Oh, you fucking fuck faces. <laughs> it, it, it is very, um, I, I kind of saw the twist coming a little bit. Um, but the, the, the movie itself is very visually striking. It's very dour, very drab. Um, the young lady who plays the murderer uh, is Joey King, who we'll recognize from that uh, horrible Slenderman movie, which I thought she did all right in. The movie itself, not that great. Her performance pretty good. Very attractive young lady. Last but not least, I checked out a bad motherfucker called The Dark and the Wicked 
from 2020. This one is on Amazon right now. You have to pay about six bucks to rent it. Directed by, by Brian Bertino. You probably are wondering who Brian Bertino is. He directed The Strangers, the first one, uh, Mockingbird, uh, a couple other horror movies that were pretty fucking good. He's got a pedigree. This is a hell of a ghost slash demon slash haunted house movie. Rural, takes place on a farm. Two two people, brother and a sister, go there. Uh, dude, just fucking wrecks these two does not let up loved it this is if you can inmates why challenge you to watch this movie alone at night with the lights off because there is some genuinely unsettling and disturbing um imagery some shit gets royally he doesn't pull any punches dude animals get fucked with kids get fucked with um it's it dude <laughs> dude get yourself the dark and the wicked i've already pre-ordered the blu-ray on uh amazon six bucks dude check it out you're what you're gonna thank me for this one because it's a bad motherfucker you're welcome for that one that's all i'm looking at this weekend mates uh how about a little immersion therapy then shall we did we all get a chance to watch shrieker island of the tremors franchise Immersion therapy. Burt Gummer, part seven. It's not bad, but yeah, at this point, we know what we're getting into when we when we're going to Tremor Town, right? Uh, it's it's going to be silly. It's going to be more of a uh, Burt Gummer um, action expose he's going to kill a bunch of the little things he's going to take a crew of nobodies in there with him most of them are going to get killed uh and then it's going to be him squaring off against a big thing at which he's going to blow it up somehow and save one or two of his crew and that's going to be it john header in this one napoleon dynamite if i didn't know that was john header going into this i don't think i would have recognized him man he has put on a pound or two not that it looks bad because you know, looking back at Napoleon Dynamite, if anybody needed to put on a pound or two, probably that guy. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like uh, he's kind of done, you know, and I hate to say it. I love Napoleon Dynamite. I love uh, Blades of Glory. Um, I don't know what happened to him. This is this is he did. Uh, he did some fucking uh, ghost comedy a couple years ago. It was terrible. Uh, now he's doing Tremors movies. Are, can, are we done? Is he done? Did he did he lose his fifteen minutes? I hope not. I don't mind him. I thought he was. I thought he was all right in this one. You know, um, it's. But other than that, really, it's the same Tremors movie that we've seen before. You either love these things, and you, you're gonna you're gonna sign off on whatever's going on, or you're like me and they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but you got to be in the mood for a Tremors movie, and you got to know what you're getting into. If you're going into Tremors, Shrieker Island, thinking you're going to be scared or engaged, or this is going to be some uh, bloody new take on the Tremors franchise, or if you're even looking really for a horror film, it's it's none of the above. It's a fun action comedy 
with uh, giant man-eating worms and weird um, fart fart beasts, I guess. For like, I don't know. I mean, not to use the word ass blaster, but that's what they are. And I don't know how else you describe those things. They're fucking. They fly around and they fart on you, and that sucks. And you don't want it. So there's that. Uh, check it out if you're into the Tremors movies. If not, probably pass. Your immersion therapy for this week, my friends, is going to be Bliss from 2019. This one is uh, presently streaming on Shutter Stars. Cora Madison and Jeremy Gardner was directed by Joe Bagos. Joe Bagos, another bad motherfucker when it comes to horror films, my friends. Uh, uh, VFW, he did. This one is, pre- I've seen this one before. I'll tell you right now, it's pretty good. Bit of a thing at the end. Um, what else? Oh, that uh, The Mind's Eye, that, that weird one uh, with the uh, psychic kids. That was pretty good too. Very 80s, but still pretty good. Check that out, inmates. We'll do the same and compare notes next week. First, we have to educate the long-absent Miss Monica. Educating Miss Monica. Her clues from last week, uh, holiday celebration, mayor tried to stop it, this thing shows up, it's a big giant thing and bites people in half, there's a couple of dog catchers on the loose trying to corral it, she's talking about Beaster Day, it was Beaster Day, and she gave it away when she mentioned the mayor, because as silly as that fucking movie is, there's two things I remember very distinctly about it, number one, the old lady taking her top off, number two, the mayor. (laughs) <laughs> it was like this insane hippie guy who was trying to convince everybody to turn in their power tools uh, for refurbished power tools made out of food products, which has nothing to do with a giant killer Easter bunny at all. He's like, oh, we're going to be safer this way. It's going to be much safer. No more sharp objects. It was bizarre. It's bizarre. It's uh, She said it. It's a B movie, and that's exactly what it is. So who might I be, since you're educating me, who might I be this week, you ask yourself? That's a good question. Well, it's the tail end of the Civil War. Uh, Things are winding down for both the Union and the Confederate armies. But for me and my band of outlaws, it's go time for showtime, if you know what I'm saying. We are going to rob ourselves a bank. We are going to make an old-timey getaway. Uh, we thought we were headed for the border, but we have to hold up because a couple of my crew got shot and now we got to hold up at this creepy old plantation house while, uh, we try to get them put back together and then we're going to split up. These motherfuckers are trying to take my gold, by the way, and I'm trying to take theirs at the same time. And there's some creepy shit happening in this house and we're all already on the verge of killing each other because, uh, you know, double crossing bandits civil war era bandits and now creepy shit in the plantation think about that inmates i'll let you know who i was next week that's about gonna do it for me on the other hand for this week thank you guys so goddamn much for joining me i hope you can tolerate the the solo shows because i feel like uh this this might be the wave of the future buddy's very busy monica's dealing with a lot of 
terrible shit. So it might just be me for the foreseeable future. If anybody wants to join me in here, I am accepting applications, by the way. Uh, I could always use a co-host or a stand-in or uh, if anybody has like a, a store mannequin that they wouldn't mind, <laughs> wouldn't mind loaning me, perhaps one of those real sex dolls, uh, a potted plant that I could put in here and talk to. Uh, I'm willing to uh, uh, accept an application and check out your resume and pat you down, make sure you're not wearing an adult diaper. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the show anyway. Thank you again very much. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. Helps out our visibility quite a bit. We do have a Patreon campaign running. Uh, February is up for grabs. If anybody wants it, $5 donation will get you control of the month of February, all the movies we review here in the padded room for that month, plus uh, access to all of our bonus content over on Patreon. And uh, I might just throw you a fucking shirt. Speaking of which, Tom Hardy... See, uh, hit me with a good address. I'm going to throw you a uh, a padded room prize pack for your donation. Um, other than that, I think that's about going to do it. Join me next week for the original Phantom of the Opera here in Miss Monica Month. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, November is Miss Monica Month here in the padded room. So far, she's made it to one out of three shows <laughs> in her month and I've done uh, the majority of her shows by myself. So there's that. Uh, thank you again for joining me for Buddy, his backwards Steeler hat and bag of M&Ms, Miss Monica, all of her health problems, wherever she may be, um, sexy Louisiana in all of its funky body odor and weird wildlife, um, graboids and ass blasters, whether you can tolerate them or not, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. There's a drug for the first time.